Greetings and thank you for listening to My Awakening Podcast, created to help us all become better citizens in a more diverse America. My name is Joe and I will be your host. In 2012, when I heard about the killing of Trayvon Martin, something shifted that no longer allowed me to disregard the many social justice issues that I heard on the news. Some new relationships and extensive reading and research since then has led to creating this podcast, allowing me to share this ongoing journey with you. Since announcing this podcast, there has been several recent tragic events further highlighting the deep racial divide that still exists in our country. Until we all join the outrage for this ongoing racial injustice, real change is not likely to happen. But if we work together, we can make the major systemic changes that are needed. My wife recently reminded me that I can't fix these long-standing problems, but I can help by shedding light on them. Bridging this racial divide will require all of us moving past our discomfort with talking about race and truly listening to understand what is happening around us. My initial guests will be sharing their journey as black Americans in a majority white society. Will you join with me in listening to their stories and concerns for America's future? Thank you for being with us today as we explore how to move America closer towards justice for all. In listening to the first four episodes of My Awakening podcast, you have heard various perspectives and thoughts about racism from three friends and my daughter. All four of our first guests shared from the point of view of a black or brown person navigating their way in a majority white society. My primary guest on episode five is my friend Jeff, who will be sharing details about his very recent heart change about racism. As an older white adult, Jeff's perspective and thoughts about how and why he recently realized he actually had his head in the sand regarding racism in America. Also rejoining us on this episode will be Josh, who was our kickoff guest on episode number one. Josh will once again bring his important black perspective to this three-way conversation. I'm excited for you to hear this episode, and I trust that this will help you to begin your own awakening journey. Good afternoon. I'm happy to welcome today my friend Jeff and uh, Josh again back to this podcast. Particularly, I invited my friend Jeff today to share his uh, recent journey, actually, in discovering more about racism and how he feels personally. And uh, so I'm excited to have both of them here today so we can sort of have a three-way conversation about these things. So I want to turn it over to Jeff and Josh to both... uh, have some dialogue, and we'll start some conversation here. So, Jeff, take it away. Well, Joe, it's a real honor to be here, let me say, and, and to be watching your journey over the years um, and the challenge of that in my heart as well, to watch you, because my first reaction was defense um, and has since become not. So I, it is a real honor to be part of this and to uh, to be on my own journey. So, Great. Thank, thank you. you. 
All right. Well, I'm going to just start real briefly um, about the history. And um, how do you know how many years ago or what brought it up? But I remember talking with Michaela, uh, who was also on the on the podcast. Um, and she was talking about I'm not even sure it was at the time of Black Lives Matter, but mm. she was talking about how she was feeling. And and I've known her well enough that I actually said to her, I don't understand how you're feeling. And I, I could tell it, she took offense to that. And so over a few conversations and getting past the offense, we we sat down in my office and she mm. talked and we had numerous conversations and that really broke the ice for me or mm. it didn't break their ice. It probably just broke a chip off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was enough to get the mind going. And, and then shortly thereafter, we talked about your journey, Joe. And but it. it it didn't, I think you mentioned the iceberg yeah. idea, and, yeah. and it didn't change the iceberg. Yeah. It made it got, got the water a little warmer and started to melt. But, um, and, and it wasn't, I mean, that was years ago. And I, I began to understand a little bit more, but, I mean, we're just talking a slight bit. Um, but I, I believe God's been working on me. And in that process, when um, I, I sat and watched the whole 10 minutes mm -hmm. of Mr. Floyd's murder, and it changed me. So when you talked about multiple things, it probably is. But that one thing um, tipped you over. Yeah, it it exploded yeah. the iceberg. Yeah. I, you know, the iceberg still has a lot of pieces that yep. are still floating around <laughs> with the little part on top. But it, it that was the one thing that that pushed me over the edge and um, started to talk to people. Um, one of the first things that I saw was a. Uh, pastor in Minneapolis who said that you know we need to pray and ask God uh, to f show those parts and, and I did that right then and there and, and then he, he mm. said repent of those things and and I've been working on that and then he said talk to people and start to understand and that's kind of where I've gone with my uh, Facebook broadcast but more personally for me and having the guests on is to find out more and to learn um, and, and I'm constantly shocked so I would say my, my recent journey um, since watching, I mean, to watch that whole 10 minutes is just hard, is hard, but um, that changed it. And um, it's opened my eyes. Yeah. And, and then I've, I've just been since uh, learning and reading and asking and talking and um, conversation and, and uh, research into all sorts of things. I mean, I've got a whole list of stuff that I've been learning about. Um, and really, the for me, it's shock. Mm -hmm. It truly is shock to realize what I have used to known as truth to be lies and, and have to now reprocess for me what is what is actual truth, truth in history, truth in government, truth in uh, my own biases. And so it's, it's been a struggle, um, you know, last month. Yeah. Well, one of the things that someone once upon a set or said that, that has affected me probably greater than any one other thing is I used to ask the question when I saw something is, is that even racism? And so in my white privilege, I would mm -hmm. go and try to prove to myself that it's not a racist issue. It's a, it's a criminal issue. It's a police issue. It's a, you okay. know, a whatever. That's good. And and yeah. since, and I, I don't remember who said it. You might have said it. I don't know who said it, Josh, um, that we should be asking the question. Oh, I guess it was, um, I can't remember the guy's name, Noah. Yeah. Uh, and he said that we should be, we should be asking not the question, is it racism, but how much is it 
racism. Mm -hmm. And so since I've done that, I've started to realize how many of these other cases is racism because I used to ask the wrong question. And so that's been a real big heart change in me to actually start realizing. And I guess for me, and I think it should be for everybody, it's, it's a personal thing. I need to change and I need to realize the change. I need to face up to the, uh, the guilt of myself and, um, force myself to change, to teach myself the truth. And, and I really think that is, that is the big thing. So I have to not look at how much, or is it racism, but how much of it actually is. Yeah. And that's opened my eyes. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. One thing I'll say that for both of you guys that I appreciate number one, Joe, this, this podcast is awesome. Um, it does give people the chance to uh, hear what's going on, but also to really um, just kind of learn. Um, and then Jeff, you as well with, uh, I won't call it a podcast, but your, your, your live, your Facebook live that you do four five, six, it's the same thing. You know, these are opportunities for other white Americans to hear something that maybe they haven't heard before or weren't even open to listening to. Um, but because you guys have opened that, that door, for them to hear it. And then, uh, people like myself, Michaela, um, uh, the bacons, all these people that want to come on and kind of share their story. It gives a, a bigger opportunity for that to get out there. So it's a, it's a definitely starting in the right direction. So mm-hmm. when you're saying that you have to own it, I mean, I think you're doing a good job on it, Jeff. So, but I have a long ways to go. Yeah, Josh. yeah it's, it's, it, it takes a lot. Yeah, it's it's not easy. You know, I mean, change is hard, period. Mm-hmm. So, but you had said, on. Josh, in your in the original podcast that yeah. we did, uh, there was two or three definite takeaways in that for mm-hmm. many of us, I think. And uh, uh, sort of embracing uh, uncomfortable conversations yeah. was one of the things that I, mm-hmm. I remember that you made a comment about. And that's really the uh, basis of this podcast really is to encourage uncomfortable conversations. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So So I think, uh, I think that's happening. I I I'm sensing a bit of that, uh, for sure, or more than just a bit, but, um, but I am concerned with whether the, whether the, uh, current level of, um, engagement and concern and all that is sustainable or is this too mm-hmm. similar to many previous times mm-hmm. when uh, America America's got ADD let's face it mm-hmm. yep and uh, and we jump around yep. and the media helps us do that unfortunately mm-hmm. so to really dive deep and be willing to actually learn what we individually each need to learn and it is an individual journey yep. much of it and so in order to learn those things requires willingness and investment of time and energy mm-hmm. to Definitely. do that. And I'm really pleased to hear you say that you've already uncovered in the short time that this has been happening for you, Jeff, that you've already uncovered uh, some untruths about things that were long-held beliefs mm-hmm. of your own in many areas, including history, which is just blowing my mind. I'm still picking up a lot of this and still learning a lot of things, but wow. It's shocking. I mean, I didn't understand systemic racism. You Mm -hmm. know, it's a, it's a, it's a big fancy word, but 
when I started to look into, you know, the Constitution and the three-fifths clause. Mm -hmm. I mean, that shocks me to the core. Um, you know, the, the, the Black Wall Street massacres, yep. the uh, Emmett Till. I mean, all the, the, mm -hmm. I didn't know those things. Yeah. I mean, I never yeah. have heard those things until this last week. Uh, the judicial system, the the jail system, the you know just the it's it goes on and on and on the design in the system to yeah. keep black people oppressed yeah. and and other minorities well, but it it mm -hmm. it's more of the black population and it, it's yeah. it's got to start with me to say it's going to end and and you know, like Michaela got me this shirt is I, I think the key for me and to keep the the movement going. Mm -hmm is to say something, you know, and, yeah. and to speak up and to not allow, not in an attack, but maybe even in a educational manner. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, to say th th this isn't right. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I said this, I forget. I think I was speaking to somebody at, um, in one of my meetings and I told them about the system. People say the system's broken. And I actually say it's the quite opposite. It's hmm. not broken. I think the system, it, it works exactly the oh. way it was designed to work. Yes. You know, and so it actually works very well. Wow. The thing is we need a new system, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so when you look at it, the way it was set up, it was set up to do what it's doing. And so when you're part of the system, it just happens to happen. Whether, I mean, because I've seen, even mostly when you look at police um, and the way that works, you don't even have to be a white police officer to fall into that. Mm. You could be a black police officer and fall into that same thing. And, and that's it, that, um, that racism is still there even with your own. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a system that is just very well designed to, um, keep, uh, one race down. Mm -hmm. And so we definitely, we have to change it. And conversations, like you said, uh, just, that's where it starts um having these uh conversations amongst uh each other uh say white america i think we talked about that on yours amongst each other and then also i would say you know having a couple black people involved in those conversations as well and just saying hey here's a couple um ideas for your community or for our community how do you affect your personal community? And then from there, it could broaden from there. Yeah. Hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And that's where, <laughs> yeah. And that's where that iceberg comes in. You know, the, you know, the, the tip of the iceberg is pretty much that racial or that racism that nobody will accept. Right. You know what you could see and you could say that is racism, but what lies underneath the water, you know, the iceberg, what you normally see is, it's just a tip it's more deeper and wider and so that is the way that it, it works it's a system that's set up and it's designed very wide very deep and big and so it takes uh kind of like what you said jeff you know um the conversation you had with michaela a few years ago it started to melt it it started to um give you some understanding and then boom Something happened mm -hmm. to just completely start to, to break that up. And I think that's that's what these conversations do. It starts with conversations. Then after conversations, I always say, what are you going to do with that now? You know, and so 
uh, when there's different things that come up to vote on. You know, I, I tell people all the time we have to vote. We have to vote um, in a way that it creates equal opportunity for everybody, you know, so really understanding what's out there, what the laws are, what the new, um, uh, the, the, the new laws that are trying to be pushed and really understand what's going on in your community. Cause it starts there. I mean, it, it's easy to look at this whole thing and think, well, you know, what can I do? But if we look at our community first, starting there, right. You know, and everybody doing that, you know, we'll get there. You know, I don't know when <laughs> we'll completely get there, but we'll get there, you know? Um, and my biggest thing is my goal is not really necessarily looking at as much me. I'm looking at my kids, mm-hmm. looking at my kids, children, yeah. you know, and giving, giving an opportunity and knowing that I help to be a part of the solution. You know, I like the term that's come out during this time. I've heard this, uh, a few times over the last few weeks, the term reimagining. Mm-hmm. So rather than rebuilding or rethinking, I just for some reason really like that term reimagining. Yeah. Reimagining mm-hmm. what policing should look like mm-hmm. in our community. Reimagining what we think healthcare should look like. Yeah. Reimagining how we think education mm-hmm. should be delivered to everyone mm-hmm. equally. Um, one of the things that that's really been shocking to me lately is is our judicial system and how that works and and i've been in numerous jury selection pools and looking around the room the percentage of the black population Mm -hmm. that's in that jury room is maybe two percent yep and how can we even begin to say that's being judged by your peers yeah and and so just even that in Mm -hmm. the system is just yeah it's, it's, again, shocking. Yeah. So I'd like to have you share a little bit because I think it's important for the audience to hear that even when someone in a pastoral setting who works with black and white and Asian and all different kinds of children mm-hmm. and does a great job with mm-hmm. that. Amazing job. Even in that, your heart wasn't in the position that it is now. So could you unpack that a little bit? As, as much as I don't like to use the term, yeah. I would have said a year ago that I was blind to color, mm-hmm. especially with the kids. Yeah, um, I, I love the kids. I, I mean, yeah. and, and when I say I'm, I'm racist, I don't mean I hate black people yeah. because <laughs> I, I don't think that's what racism is. And I think that's what keeps a lot of people from admitting to themselves there that they're racist. To me, a racist is is based on my individual biases that I have adopted, that I have learned, mm-hmm. that I've been taught, that I have been systemized. <laughs> and so when I when I look at black children or Asian children or white children, I, I see them all the same. And it's mm-hmm. one of the interesting things that Empress said that really shocked me as far as how I deal with the kids is because I always did my very best to treat everybody mm-hmm. the same and not just because of racism, but because that's just what I'm supposed to do. That's what I do. That's who mm-hmm. I am. And, and I love everybody the same. But at the same time, recently, as I've been learning all these things, I've been realizing that there are times where my bi- biases come up, mm-hmm. um, where I realize, and, and for me, as a as a pastor, as a human being, um, 
I do my very best to love and mm-hmm. to demonstrate love. So what my heart feels first and what comes out of my mouth or what comes through my actions are two different things. Because mm-hmm. usually my heart reacts first, my brain thinks through the process, and then I exhibit my choice, mm-hmm. which isn't always my first heart choice. So in this recent eye-opening, I'm realizing that my first heart choice is evolving, is being different, is God's touching me to say, you need to, like I said before, repent of that peace, to to repent of that and say, that needs to change. I want to change that initial heart response. Um, There was a post that Michaela sent out, I think it was about, uh, you know, a person walking through the the door at Fred Meyer or some grocery store and, and then being stopped. Um, or not being stopped because they were white. And what's interesting, just yesterday or two days ago before, I was wheeling my cart through and it went off and no one was coming. And I was, you know, going back and forth with the cart, making the alarm go off because (laughs) they often, you know, the carts lock up. And so I wasn't doing it because no one would pay attention. And literally no one was paying attention to me. Yeah. (laughs) But I think if I was black, they probably would have been all over me. So I, I realized that, and, and I just, there's, there's things in me that now when my heart starts feeling a certain way, that is changing. And I'm starting to realize that my initial heart feeling now is different than it was even two mm-hmm. weeks ago. So I'll wow. read a story, and instead of thinking what I used to think, now I rethink it and look at it from a different yeah. perspective. That's awesome. When you had mentioned about how you how you think of racism which is awesome and uh, for the viewers to really hear that part yeah because a lot of times we think of racism as just i don't like you because of the color of your skin or you know i have this hate in my heart that's not always true it's it's literally just a systematic way of thinking mm-hmm. and not knowing it mm-hmm. you know and so i think that's that's a huge point right there and i i hope the listeners really hear that part I think we've uh that that was that was really good a really good response on that and I and I received what you what you just shared it was it was important for me to hear as well racism I think is um it's a lot of things mm-hmm. and uh, it's greatly misunderstood I suppose uh and I think we've put it in a box and sort of defined it too narrowly <laughs> Well. And and as a result, it's easy for us, which you suggested a little bit ago, it's easy for us to sort of set it over here to the side and say, well, I, well, I'm not doing that. So therefore, I'm not racist. Which I've done for years. <laughs> That's awesome. But I think we have to be active. And I think we need to decide, you know, where are we each going to go individually? And I think it starts again with changing the heart realizing your own or my own let me go back to that my own uh, guilt in the in the systemic system and and changing it for myself um, speaking out and then doing something about it and so um, I've applied to be on the Tacoma advisory uh, police committee um, which awesome. which talks about or which helps advise the police chief and the mayor as to policies within the police department. Now, whether that ever going to happen or not, at least I apply it. I'm moving forward. Yeah. And and if that falls through, I'd like to try for something else and at least be part of that process as yeah. well. 
um, you know, I, I kind of feel like we have to, we have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, it's time for me, my, I've, I've, or I, I am becoming, I am changing and now it's time to be doing something. And again, my broadcast is doing something, but, um, now that I'm recently retired, I think it's time to, to put some effort into changing the yeah. systemic problem. <laughs> That's awesome. So M- Michaela mentioned this thing, and, and it's 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 given me a picture of how big this is, and that racism um, again is not just hating a particular, in this case, black population. It's this big systemic tree that has the roots of our history and the design of the system. And then it has these big major branches, which is, you know, the judicial and the police and, and then the government and then the schooling and then all of these. And then every little branch with one leaf on it is another piece of the overall problem. So it's not just one issue. It's thousands yeah. of issues. And wow. Josh, as you share, you, you start yeah. cleaning the room with, with picking up one thing. Um, so there's just all these different pieces and it is overwhelming and um but it has to start with with me and and me cleansing i guess the 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 roots and and what i've learned what i've been taught what i pr- come to know as um not maybe the truth but a new truth yeah Um, And as I know these new truths, then I can start working on the individual branches of of my racism. And I think as I do that, then it starts changing the the community around me, you know, closely as my wife and my daughter and then further out from there. The thing that really struck me was when you were describing that you had a friend who was attempting to talk you out of the idea that you were racist at all. And maybe share a little bit about that with our listeners to understand that what maybe partly what was going on was that friend was attempting to justify in their own mind where they stood. Because if you're racist, then maybe they would have to look at being feeling like maybe they had some problems with being a racist as well. And I that's definitely true. And, And to bring it closer back to the three of us, you did the same thing for me. When when you were recognizing your white privilege, I was saying, I don't have white privilege. When you were saying you were feeling racist and understanding your role in all of this years ago, I immediately went to defense saying, no, I'm not that way. (laughs) Because it was Mm -hmm. challenging me because I was hearing the truth. Yeah, And I think it's the same thing today with with other people. And, And that's why I think it's important that we have conversations is because it's not to place judgment on somebody else. It's for me to be able to share what I'm going through to maybe start melting the ice for somebody else. And it just, um, so, I mean, your whole journey challenged me. I didn't like talking to you about that. (laughs) Well, uh, let's unpack that a little bit further. What I, what I'd be curious to know is why would you say that, that conversation or those conversations that I began would have been around 2016 because that's when mm-hmm. you and I met mm-hmm. as well. Um, why do you suppose those didn't go any further? Um, I wouldn't say they didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
because they were simmering. It's one of those things that it was seed. There were seeds being planted. Maybe when, huh? when someone talks to you with a differenting opinion, or at least for me, and I don't like it, it it's not like it drops. Mm-hmm. It, it simmers, and even if it simmers in anger <laughs> or or defense, it's still simmering, yeah. and it's still melting down that ice to where it. I I I can't argue with the truth you were going through. So you know, if you if you threw out Bible verses, I could argue, argue Bible verses till we're blue in the face. But you're talking your feelings and what you went through, and I can't argue that. So the only thing I can do is face the truth of that for you as I process it for me, even if I denying it in myself. But I know now that those feelings that I had are the same feelings that other people have. When, when I bring that up, it's the same thing that for, for other people is it's, it's denial. It's, but I also don't think it ends there. Yeah. You know, I think it every conversation we have, um, it's, yeah. It's additive. It all all adds up. Mm-hmm. Over Except time. Thing I, I always say is, you know, listening to defend versus to understand. And it's easy to defend because it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When something doesn't feel good, it makes you squirm a little. We want to get the heck out of there. You know, <laughs> that, you know yeah. and, and back to a, a lighter place. And so, you know, I've, I've talked to other uh, friends of mine that are white as well that as they're having these conversations too, it's, it's a battle. So I guess that's a question I have for both of you guys is because it takes a lot of courage to do, to step out how you guys are stepping out. What would you say is the toughest part about that? Or is there a tough part about it when you're now speaking your truth, but also trying to make others aware that, you know, aren't ready to, uh, to do that. One of my biggest hurdles right now still is fear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and and I think that's, you know, that that motivates us all for many, many different things. But, um, I have feared, um, retribution, both from a a white populace as well as from a black populace. Like, why haven't you yet? Mm-hmm. Or why are you so stupid? Or from the white populace, you don't know you're not racist and mm-hmm. um, all these different things. And, and, and I have to say, um, and I've mentioned this on, in church that Sunday to you, um, you and Cecily have consistently shown the love of Jesus to me. And so I believe personally that yeah. your role, which you probably don't even know the amount of role that you've carried. Wow. But you have loved me through the process. Wow. And I have never felt judgment from you. Definitely. Never. And and so Mm -hmm. that to me, I think, is one of the big things that you have helped me through is to remove my fear because you're open and you're willing to help me go through the process. And not just help me, but just the the grace that you two have shown. So um, awesome. Just thank you for that. Oh, thank it's, you. Yeah. I think it's that's a big thing that's re- that's really really needed. Yeah. Where if I hear, um, uh, you know, strong passion, um, I I pull back. Yep. Yep. Whereas with you allowing grace, I can can share yeah. and change. So that's awesome. Um, and I don't. We need know. leaders like you, yeah. Josh. <laughs> well, thank. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many uh, 
your listeners are are of other colors too, but for the black listeners, I will say this is something me and my wife have said a lot is we have to continue to um, show the love of God and, and, and come that way. Cause that's, that's what God did, you know? And, and if we're ever to make a difference and have people want to, to, to help, we have to do it in a loving way. And there's times where things get tough and, you know, you, I know for myself being a black man that have, that has gone through quite a bit it's it could be very easy to turn off. I could have turned off years ago, but I know that, you know, there's nothing good that could come out of that, mm-hmm. out of my own life, out of my children's life. Cause at that point, all I would do is turn into a racist myself. Right. And then <laughs> next thing you know, now my children and, and then it's, mm. it's bringing up a cycle that won't be fixed. So if you, to add to the solution is to, to be it, you know, and, and to just show love the black community overall in a whole, to go back to what you said, Joe, a little bit ago about, you know, the, your daughter was in Mississippi and they were just so loving and welcoming. Um, I don't know if you guys have been to a black barbecue. If not, you guys are invited to my next one. Okay. <laughs> awesome. but, I'll, I'll be there. Yes, definitely. But you know, the black community overall is, that is who we are. You know, it's a very open, loving, you know, I'm, I'll come with my friends and everything else and everybody is loving each other. Like if it's all family, that's just how we are as a culture, but it's also a way that we've done to get through, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot is to kind of numb the, the, the hardship. I'm feeling a sense that during all this time, as you're living your life, and experiencing racism mm-hmm. firsthand in in you and your family and neighbors mm-hmm. and whoever else, mm-hmm. you're kind of waiting for uh, the majority of us to catch up. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just, you guys are running a race mm-hmm. and we're all on it and we're just way behind. Mm-hmm. So you, you're, you're out there out in front carrying the baton and we're back, way back on the track mm-hmm. and um and it's like you know y- you guys are have kind of been saying hey come on come on come with us yeah but we haven't been picking up on that mm-hmm. and so i'm feeling a sense of uh, feeling behind yeah i want to catch up yeah i really do i want to catch up and i'm not sure i will mm-hmm. but this journey is a part of that yeah and you being willing to continue to run while at the same time uh, encouraging me to, you know, catch up as best I can. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome thing. Can I uh, add to that real quick? I want to paint a little picture with what you said with the track. So the way I look at it, so I'm going to paint or give a little analogy is there's two tracks. There's one where, you know, you're winning, winning, winning a track where, and then here's another one where there's balloons, everything set up. And yeah, we're like, hey, when are we all going to get on this track as well, mm-hmm. too? But there's one track that is, why would we leave this one if we're winning on this track? Yeah. You know? And. Oh, that's good. You know? And so it's like, how do we blend the tracks, right? You know, it, it needs to be one big track. <laughs> so your perspective mm-hmm. that 
using that analogy mm-hmm. that us us white folk are already on the winning track correct in a sense mm-hmm. i use the term that we were way behind you mm-hmm. that you kind of flip it and say wait a minute you're already on the winning track <laughs> you're on the track okay, that I actually get, worked. Yeah, you, you know. see that isn't that interesting so that's how our thinking works mm-hmm. and then hearing him flip that i get i get it mm-hmm. which get is it. which is the systemic system that's absolutely yeah yeah why should the oppressed give up anything until the oppressed stand up? I mean, it, it's we we got to change tracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or I'll realize we're on the wrong one. Yeah, but, um, completely uprooted and build a track that is that we're all on and together. And I chose that because I figured a sports analogy. Would yeah, work, that's would work good. no, that's great. We're good for you, <laughs> even though I'm not a sports guy. Yeah. <laughs> But I do know about batons, and I which is I, why we're way behind. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh Good man. Stuff. Yeah. It's, but I think we're way behind on the other track. I mean, yeah. on, 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 the, on the other track, yeah. on the track where where you are, and and it's. Um, I think maybe that's the change is that we have to switch tracks. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'd or, like, or just maybe just turn around from this track to that one. Yep. <laughs> Jeff, I'd like to hear more, uh, a bit more about, you mentioned specifically uh, when we restarted here about your fear of retribution from mm-hmm. um, from your peers, I guess, from white people in general. And uh, that retribution would be like, well, not recognizing your heart change or acknowledging it because they're not ready to themselves. And then for black people, uh, what I, I don't recall what you felt the, your fear was about black people thinking, well, you didn't get it right or mm-hmm. something that you yeah. didn't really understand correctly. So talk a little bit. I guess the part that I'm more, more interested in is retribution from your, from your friends or others in your sort of your own circle. Well, I think again, that's the systemic part that there is. For for me, um, I've come to realize in my sixty years of life that most of what motivates me is fear. Fear of it. It either keeps me where I am, or it motivates me to to move past it. Um, and so, the more I can recognize those fears, um, the better chance I have of of overcoming. And so with with this whole process, um, there's, it's, um, I wouldn't even say it's fear, um, but I've noticed a lot more turmoil in my mm-hmm. family. <laughs> um, and, and I, I'm not even sure why that is because, um, it's not that, I mean, my, I would say my family's less racist than I am. Um, I mean, that is specifically my daughter and my wife, but, um, it has caused turmoil. <laughs> and so, you know, even there's fear of that. So it's not just my close friends, it's, it's family and it's everybody mm-hmm. I, I've associated with because we, we are in our social groups because we think the same. So now all of a mm-hmm. sudden I'm mm-hmm. thinking differently and my social circles are changing or wow. at least it's that's being good. challenged. That's good. that's good. And so then am I accepted in 
the other social circle. Yeah. And, and I think mm. there's fears of that as well. And again, I think that's where you and Cecily have given much grace. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have felt comfortable going to a barbecue. Yeah. But again, if you're doing the barbecue, I would. Does that <laughs> awesome. make sense? Yep, yep, and, and so I, I think that the, the fear is what keeps us where we are, which mm-hmm. is I think the fear is what keeps America where it is because it's afraid to think differently. Because mm-hmm. like you say, the system works. Yeah. <laughs> even though it doesn't. Our political situation right now and much of what's going on is feels to me, and this was something else that was in Jim Wallace's book that I loved, is that uh, in some ways this is the last gasp of trying to hang on Mm -hmm. to us whites being in charge of everything. We need to be done with it. It's time to be done with it because it's it's not working for everybody. And clearly, uh, it's got some ugly ramifications that mm-hmm. are coming as a result yeah. that none of us or most of us are not happy with and even embarrassed by. Yeah. And it's like, that's not America. That, that's not the America I want to be a part of. Yeah. And being a patriotic person myself and a veteran, I, I'm, just, I'm just not okay with what I'm seeing. Yeah. It's not okay. And so I'm I'm wanting to be part of the change, uh, whatever that requires. And I'm very willing to be uncomfortable. Yeah, you both are part of the change, by the way. <laughs> so I 100% believe it from what I what I see you guys doing and steadily moving forward. And then the question is, where do we go from here? Um, one of the things you talked about is that it wasn't real hopeful. And I guess I, I want to be really clear that I wouldn't go back to where I was four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Um, I feel like the ostrich with its yeah. head in the sand thinking everything is fine and not realizing the world I truly lived in where now my head is out of the sand and wow. I'm starting to realize the real world. And so I, that to me is hope. It's not hopeless. It is hopeful. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think we can... Uh wind this down uh is there anything on your heart yet that uh, we haven't touched on or that you'd like to share with our audience that you can think of the only thing i would think of is if 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 any place you as a human start to feel like you're defending um examine that place Mm -hmm. because that's what have kept me from having my eyes opened earlier so to me, that is let go of the defense and figure out why you're defending. That's good. Josh, you have any last words for our listeners? I would just say keep the pulse on it. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't let this moment go. You know, we need to change um, as a country. And to just kind of piggyback on just point there is um, – with the defense, if you're dealing, if you're somebody that has kind of seen things differently as Jeff and Joe, as you have, then don't, don't let anybody push you back into your, your shell. Just stay, stay firm. You're, you're doing the right thing. 
you're walking in the right direction, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be uncomfortable. But get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for uh, being on uh, my Awakening podcast today. I really appreciate you coming and being willing to share your heart. And I I want to be on that team. And uh, Josh, again, thank you, too, for uh, joining us here today. It was uh, really great having you both. And uh, I enjoyed the interaction that we had together. It was fun. Awesome. It was. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to sincerely thank my friends Jeff and Josh for being our dual guests today on episode number five. I want to particularly thank Jeff for his willingness to share his recent and very personal change of heart regarding racism in America. Jeff's testimony to our listeners should provide us all hope that it is possible for Americans to radically change their views on this long-standing national problem of systemic racism. I hope this episode brought you some fresh insight that is helpful for your journey in some meaningful way. There are two important first steps you can each make if you really want to become part of the solution that America is crying out for in order to close our racial divide. First, begin educating yourself about systemic racism and what is really going on with these long-standing racial problems. To assist you with that effort, you can go to the bottom of our website at myawakeningpodcast.com and check out our resources section. There are web-linked resources there that have greatly impacted my journey along the way. Secondly, begin earnestly seeking a true relationship with someone who does not look like you. As challenging as that may sound, I can testify that it will ultimately bring you a fuller understanding of others and great personal joy as well. If hearing Jeff and Josh today on My Awakening podcast was meaningful for your journey, we hope you will consider subscribing and sharing it with your friends. We need your help in deciding meaningful content plans for future podcast episodes. Would you please go to My Awakening podcast Facebook page and let us know what specific topics of engagement you may be interested in hearing more about on future episodes. Along with continuing our current style of conversations, in future episodes we plan to ask experts on particular topics of interest to be our guests and to address our audience regarding those topics. For example, we may ask experts to help us better understand issues such as the school-to-prison pipeline, police insulation from prosecution, reimagining education funding, statue removal and renaming historic and other places? Well, you get the idea. We would love to hear what topics of interest may fuel your willingness to personally engage in making the many changes needed to make America more equitable for all of us. Please share your ideas and thoughts on various topics of interest for you on our Facebook page. Thank you again for listening to My Awakening Podcast. And we look forward to sharing more thought-provoking content with you in next week's episode. Please keep listening. And remember that together we can make the systemic changes that are needed to heal America's racial divide and achieve justice for all. 